Your presence is required. Is a conversation by Julie Benetti and Susan Barbaro and is a production of EI Alliance, copyright 2021. Hi, this is Julie, and here is the trailer Susan and I first did for our podcast when Anchor came out with trailers for our shows. Hi, this is Julie. And this is Susan. And we are here, and your presence is required. But what does that mean? What is presence? And do you have to meditate? And do I need to get certified to be able to do this? <laughs> We're telling you no. You don't have to be certified. Presence is beautiful because it's being in the space of where you are completely as who you are. And this isn't any of this funny occult stuff. This is real, real stuff. And I would challenge you to find this talk anywhere else on the internet in person anywhere because what we say is different from what anybody else has ever said so can you be present with us if you are wondering further what our podcast is about and if you should subscribe along with many others who are taking the challenge to move with us in the energy in a cool and thought-provoking way, here are some highlight excerpts from our shows to invite you to come aboard and be a subscriber. These excerpts have been randomly selected from our archive of shows available now. Enjoy! to the stuff that we've said, you understand the depth of what we're talking about. We gave our journey of thinking from one thing all the way to the end. It actually is out there where we came to where we are. We left breadcrumbs for right. the journey. We but left you can do it right. because it's, yeah, our stumbling through it. Yeah, anybody can do it. I mean, it's so funny. You're like constantly checking in on the audience. We're the audience. I, I understand We that. are, right, but I want to say it. Yeah. We are the audience. So every time we check right. in and say, okay, this is what we're saying for the audience, guess who we're talking to ourselves, ourselves. and of so course. we are the audience and so what does that mean that's a lot different than sitting there i'm the guru this is exactly. my word for the day <laughs> it's like no we're the audience so we're kind of hanging in there with you as right. we have and you know yeah you can go back we have you know now hundreds of podcasts out there you can start from the first one Whatever. and go all the way and it's a cool transition of a journey and we're here. This is where we are right now. Right. And this is what we're experiencing right. and sharing mm -hmm. as the audience. And, you know, this is where I want to kind of say, just as an aside, who the hell does that? I know. It's probably, I'm the celebrity. This is the kind of facial cream I use, you know, pick it up so today. So what we did is no. the whole yada, yada, yada that everyone <laughs> talks about. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, well, I was really down and out. But then when I sat down and I went on Oprah, I knew what I wanted to say. It's like, what happened between the down and out? And right. the Oprah, no one talks about right. that, but you can actually go through any of our podcasts because we talked, as we said, what we, what did we write about? We wrote the book we wanted to read, right? All the books we've right. written, we didn't go in saying, this is what we're going to say. We kind of went in and say, what do we do with this? Right. And so like, all right, let's write a book and let's see how it plays itself out. It mm. will teach us. Mm. It's the same with the podcast. <laughs> Living here in the physical, you're already embedded in duality. There's no escape. There's no escape. And so you go into both. That's the only way you can sort of neutralize it. 
everything is grounded in duality. Every single thing out there is, are you with this one or are you with that one? And the minute that you even present that, it's almost like the picture got clearer. Like it's like, you know, you have a picture, right? And duality is sort of fuzzy and you turn the focus and all of a sudden it's a little bit clearer. Every time that occurs, someone says, are you here or are you here? And you could take this just, I don't even know how many umpteenth issues out there are now being you're here or you are here. And so not even to the point where everything out there is duality. Everything that's being projected at you is duality. Mm -hmm. And so are you here? Are you here? That's a really good question. What here are you at? And if you're kind of in the middle and you're not at any extreme, that's a different space to be in. And then if you're not participating, it's like I always go into these Italian family type analogies. You know, you go on a holiday and there's someone who's not talking to someone else and there's this cold shoulder going on. Because everybody knows about yeah. that where there's some disagreement yeah. that somebody had and that's all they can think about for 30 years. And that's the whole focus of everything. But that's like the elephant in the room. Duality is like the elephant in the room. And are you either on that person's side or on the other person's side? Can you exist in the middle? Well, and what does that mean? So I'm giving our listeners credit of being open-minded. And if you believe in the duality of everything, then you perpetuate the issues that exist. And so when we talk about pulling out of reality, you know, I've been told that if you don't support one thing, you're clearly for the other side. And I kind of take offense to that, not because I'm trying to define who I am to anybody. That's not even the conversation. Exactly. What's important is if we continue to stay in the divisive mode in which we have been living, we will perpetuate the issues that exist in that mode. And so the truth of this is to really conquer the issue. And so to do what we've been doing in duality is what the definition of insanity, expecting right. a different result. Right. The motion of pulling away from duality and going into a unified mindset, that's where things change. The more you go into duality, the deeper these issues will be embedded in the fabric of life. That is what's mm. going to occur. And the reason why I mentioned that is because it's important to pull out of it. So when people hear us talk about duality, like, what are they talking about? It's like, there are certain things that are occurring right now that there is no answer to. Right. There's no win. There's right. no resolve. People are really struggling for an answer, but we're not talking some esoteric philosophical. Right. Uh, this is a very practical solution to what's going on with everyone. And when you get into the volatility of concepts and how there's a line drawn in concepts all the time and going into the duality of it, and then it becomes opinions and even the logic, quote unquote, that oftentimes mm. I've said to you that when we're trying to make sense of something, you, sometimes you just can't even use logic Right. with stuff going on out there. You know, you get pulled into it. It's like mm. you fall in the hole and then you're trying to climb out. And then sometimes you even go further down into the hole where you're going, wait a minute, what's this? And let me research this. And is this true? Is this false? And you start to kind of get into this whirlwind of a spiral that doesn't really do anything for you. And what it does is it keeps you 
just frozen in duality. We've all been drawn into conversations. Well, that's what, They're the coffee clutch conversations. They're the, you know, outside yeah. having a ciggy butt with your Dunkin' Donuts coffee right. going, she said this to me and, and I said that. that. Right. And somehow, you know, that's kind of been formed as a habit. And right. I think all of us that that's part of how you get going. And that's the emotion right, button. Right. And sometimes you go to work and that's what your work day is. And so now when people are, you know, working from home and stuff, you know, where do you get that? You know, do you go back to general hospital or <laughs> you're so proper where it takes 18 months for one thing to occur? You know, There's a ton of freaking podcasts out there that talk about this is my opinion. Yeah. This is what I think. There's plenty of them out there. This one is not one of them. This one is just going to talk about concepts. It's going to pull you out of it. We're going to talk about looking at things from a perspective of empowerment mm. and not getting caught in the I will say mind control that's going yeah. out there. And there's conspiracy theories that tell you, oh, this is all mind control. They're right. But guess what? The ones that are creating conspiracies are using the mind control to get you to agree on their side. <laughs> then you have yep. the people that are saying those conspiracy theories are wrong and this is why. And so once again, everyone's trying to control the masses. Right. And where I'm not trying to control the masses. Me neither. I'm trying to simply say, think for yourself, because I really believe in the goodness of humanity. I believe when you pull away all this baloney, yet to the core, I think people really care about other people. I think people ultimately want to help other people. And I think all these ideas of war and everything else that creates division is all something like that's been thrown at us like a bone. Here, you mm. want it and we took it. If you pull all that away, you can see someone and you can appreciate their differences. Hey, Julie. Yeah. You're an idea. Ooh. You're a crazy idea. <laughs> I'm a really great idea, aren't I? <laughs> You're an idea too. Isn't that just a phenomenal concept? Mm. You're an idea. Like, I almost just keep repeating it because it's like so crazy. I don't even know where well, there's I some, that. There, there's something wonderful to that and there's being a creative person and you're also, I mean, everybody's really kind of creative. For me as a writer, if I'm an idea, then there's something that can be done with me or not, you know, or ah, it was just an idea. I mean, so you don't want to <laughs> oh be, ah. Yeah. That's a creepy am I that, oh, that was crazy. Yeah, that was I mean, just an idea. Out. Let's file that one. And it's kind of, when you're an idea, I mean, it gives you a, almost a tangible ability to the idea where it almost has a life of its own. I mean, there you go. You well, can go into right. so many different analogies. Well, to reflect that upon myself was like, oh, <laughs> I never thought about Because you were it. a kid too. You were somebody's I idea. Know. I know. And so was what? every single person no. out there. I don't care your circumstances. But to think about that is so like, wow, I was an idea. That's just mm. a whole different way of looking mm. at life and looking at yourself. And so where do you go with that? You were talking before about that question, where are you going to spend eternity, mm. which is all really a marketing campaign. But when you take it into being an idea, it doesn't give you a quantitative time frame. Yeah. What if we came here to figure out where we want to spend eternity? And what if we came here to figure out what it is that we enjoy doing? Mm. So this is where, <laughs> in actuality, you're saying the love boat cruise? Oh. And we choose all our little destinations and all our little activities we like to experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's to say that it's not? 
eternity. It's really how you are in the present moment and how you relate to life. And so what you actually said, you know, mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to, well, so you, you come here to how to relate to life. But if you think about eternity, and it, it does, it transcends time. So how can we even begin to imagine what that would be? And yet I would think the one way to imagine is in presence, in presence. Right, you just pile on right. a whole bunch of great moments. Right, <laughs> and so if you're in the present moment, like if you're listening to the podcast right now, <laughs> and you're contemplating these thoughts, and if it's like, wow, this is really cool, I never thought about that. And, you know, we're not given answers, we're really being philosopher, really being kind of Socrates. Well, it, it does take a lot of presupposition that you're not making a boilerplate chart on, okay, this is how I'm going to live my life. I mean, you're really just kind of approaching each situation as right. it occurs. And you're in that present moment, being present with your presence. As each situation and each moment occurs, you're just acting in it. I'm not sure any of us truly have the capacity to understand our non-existence. I don't think we really have the full capacity. I think at times we can imagine, but that we keep coming back to who we are. But, but why would you want to imagine that? So you're, yeah, you're just, actually contemplating the non-existence of this individual identifier right. of this lifetime that right. you're experiencing. Right. You're not contemplating the whole non-existence of your existence as the totality of who you are. <laughs> can someone please <laughs> I'm trying to fine-tune it down to what you were questioning, your non-existence as this individual experience of an entity that you're being right here and now. That's what you're questioning. You're not questioning the non-existence of the totality of well, your consciousness. I'm considering the non-existence of myself because if I go to non-existence, what about the entire everything goes into non-existence? Jeez. You know? I know. There are so many other things to contemplate in the present moment. No, it's not a it's like the not present a bad moment. Thing. It's not like oh death and destruction, apocalypse shit. No. No, no, no. This is from a point of empowerment. And put like we're a part of everything. So what if that goes to consciousness? Well that's what it goes to. That's what I'm saying. But I don't you, go but to, you didn't. <laughs> so, I, I'm, because we're just talking about presence, and I'm thinking, if you're right, it, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not even going to that point yet. I'm just going to my non-existence. What is that like? So, there's something very palatable about you know the present moment, and Rollo May says the present moment is always pregnant, ready to open and give birth. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. Because that is where you go into, we talked earlier, if you're an idea, then anything's possible. Anything is possible. He says also that a moment has its finite and infinite side. So he structures the moment in duality and then says the present moment is eternally pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that's a great, interesting contemplation because what if when on that precipice of pre-birth, you know how it's going to end. Mm. <laughs> you got the last chapter. No, because you're in the space of both birth and death. You're kind of meeting yourself on both ends. Right. Coming in and well. leaving. You see the beginning, well. you see the end. And then what happens? Because if you already knew it then, then you know it now, don't you? And so if you go from that to essence, and then it expresses existence, and then you go into the actual moment. 
and your presence and essence in the moment. I mean, you know, there's something beautiful and, and also volatile, and then you're then I'm just in duality again. Yet, unless I'm just physically, mentally, and spiritually, there's the triumvirate, the three, the three mm-hmm. present in the present moment, then, you know. And it all turns into one. Mm-hmm. There is no three. It's just one. Mm-hmm. It's actually, we talk about everything being one, then we move into duality, which becomes two. And we only understand duality. And the only way for us to somehow get back to the one is by presenting a third. Here's what I'd like to query. So when you're presented consistently with two sides of the same coin, where do you go? What I'd like to ask is, has anyone even opened up that thought that it's possible to go someplace else? I just want to say, Julie, I think since the day I met her, has been saying, when we ask a question, it's always A, B, and she's like, what about C? (laughs) To question whether there is a C, you really have to think outside of the box. That's the beginning of it. Because everybody always thinks it's only A or B. So the most important thing is at least to acknowledge that there is potentially a C, even if you don't know what it is. Mm. I think that's already a step in the right direction. And that's a cool vibration because, again, fundamentally, if you've lived your life consistently just experiencing two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. hmm. Because if you can become aware of that, then everything you hear changes. Mm. You know, what if you find out and you realize that all that we've been presented is just ice cream? So it's chocolate ice cream, it's vanilla ice cream, it's strawberry ice cream. It's all just ice cream. So it's two sides of the same coin. Isn't there something more than a coin? To be able to see beyond what's there, it's reading between the lines, go to the space in between. And going in that space, it's almost like an introduction to something else that you can't describe, but when you're there, it's a whole new world that literally is living in the space between and being in what is not said. We are so exposed to what is said that that's what we focus on and we think that that's the choice. That's what we have to deal with. We know that we have Mm. tons of stimuli around us Mm. and we can only process so much Science has told us that our brain burns so much energy that it tends to work to conserve energy. Mm. So if it can fill in the blanks with what's familiar, it's easier on the brain. (laughs) When we talk about being present, it's literally pausing to give yourself a moment to see what you would maybe naturally not see. Mm. Your brain would skip over. When we talk about your presence is required, it's required right now. And, and that's huge. I asked Julie about what she thought about something and what she believes is occurring. Your response to me was, you're not about to start to decide why it's occurring or the importance of it. You know, right now, it's important we're doing what we do now. And we don't necessarily know why it's important. It's not our job to define why it's important or why it's important now. In the space of presence, you do what is important now. Not because you know, it's because you know right now. In this moment, this is important. And so that, when you said it, was a huge change because that's not going into why, how, where, what do I think, 
do I agree with this or do I disagree with that? It's just we're doing what's present right now because that's so important. Right. If we're going to talk about your presence is required, it's so important right now. And it frees you up from something really huge that has been sold to us for eons. And it's called worry. So we're talking about having a superpower. If everybody who's listening thought about if you had a superpower. So say you have a superpower where you can lift things. So you have power in your hands and you can lift things. But not only do you have power in your hands, you can break apart wood or steel. Or you could even, if you're holding a mug, you could crush it if you weren't careful enough because you have this superpower bear with me because if you watch any of those superhero shows this is usually how they start out we see them in the beginning when they get their superpowers and they don't know what to do with them and we're always like oh my god that's so cool and yet you know is it really and it's how they try to live naturally here being able to crush things or lift heavy things so if you had a superpower yeah and you could lift things very easily and didn't have to think about it you know you could make one of your daily activities activities going into your living room every day when you woke up and saying, yeah, I don't like the couch over there. Let me move it. And it would take two seconds. You'd so, lift it up and okay, put it somewhere so I'm, else. I'm going to let you keep going, but I'm going to stop you every now and then to make points along the way. So number one, the superpower becomes an everyday event. Mm. It's no longer a superpower. Now it's just it's what you do. Right. So keep going. And so then, you know, it could get even more extraneous than that because you would find that you would go to maybe shut your bedroom window and you wouldn't realize how strong you were. And then, whoops, your bedroom window is now part of your basement window. So you'd be like, oh, i got to be careful there. I have such yeah. this grand superpower. So now at that point, your superpower works against you. Right. So first you take it for granted. Right. And now it's working against you. If you're not constantly aware of it. Right. Or you're out driving and you see someone on the side of the road and their car fell into a ditch by mistake that was raining and you're like, oh, I got this. And you come up and they're like, who are you? They say they're waiting for AAA and you turn around and go, oh, I can help you with this. And you turn around with your pinky and lift up the side of the car and they're sitting there screaming because they're like, oh my God. And of course they have their cell phone and they take a picture. So now all of a sudden you're found. You're found. But these are all basic little things that, you know, your phenomenal quote unquote movie superhero kind of goes through when they realize they have the power on what they can do with yeah. it. Yet they try to use it in everyday circumstances in the everyday environment that's around them because you could also go to pick up your coffee mug and you could crush your mug because you don't realize you're being too so intense. I, so I think what you said is wonderful because you used a very generic, easygoing example. Mm -hmm. But the pieces that you brought in are very important. Those three pieces, first of all, becomes like nothing. And then you use it but if you're not careful with it can use it against yourself mm -hmm. can turn on mm -hmm. you and then all of a sudden lo and behold thirdly is you're found mm -hmm. to have a superpower so if you take those three things which were beautifully put it was a great visual and everyone right now could just take a moment and you have a thought of what your superpower is we all know what it is everyone's is different because what you thought 
is because that's the truth because right now with us right here you are present because julie and i have determined that these podcasts are in the present moment Mm. and when you listen to it you are transported right to right here and right now and so now let's think about what you said julie which was again a great example so we know what our superpower is because we just do it all the time it's Mm -hmm. part of everything we do Mm -hmm. and so now you think about it and you think about it in terms of if you're not aware or again if you're not careful and work with it it's been used against you Mm -hmm. it has been used against you by yourself Mm -hmm. but not by somebody else because nobody knows what your superpower is but that's when they say someone knows how to push your buttons they know how to push the buttons so that you use your superpower against you and I'm not just talking about feelings and emotions and then let's go to the last thing you figure it out and you work with it has your superpower been found a lot of people i think they hide it very Mm -hmm. well and so you also know that you know when you're aware of this and you know this then there's going to be narratives and storylines out there that try to quote unquote protect you from living in your true nature because you don't want this to happen you don't want that to happen and again listen to my words because None of those are in the present moment. That's true. So when none of those are in the present moment, (laughs) you know, you really want to turn around and say, shut the F up because none of those are happening to me. Mm. They're not happening to me. They haven't happened to me, nor will they happen to me. Mm -hmm. And so when that narrative doesn't work on you, something else will pop up until you just turn a deaf ear to those narratives. And from our experience, when the time comes that you've been found, and the being found isn't by social media, it's you. You've been found by yourself. The way that you are told, oh, then this can happen and that can happen, that's where your feelings Mm. come in. And your feelings are what's going to manipulate you. And don't forget, because fear is one of the biggest ones, you know, our adrenals work off of protecting us. And so that is supposed to activate something, but it's not supposed to suppress. It's supposed to protect us. And yet when you can utilize all different kinds of emotions for other, I mean, we know guilt, we know all these things and every emotion has its opposite and there's a duality there and there's a reason for that. And that sensation in there becomes a mechanism yet, you know, often we let someone else guide the puppet strings rather than ourselves. And and that's how they do it is through Mm -hmm. emotion. Mm -hmm. They don't do it through power. Mm -hmm. They don't do it through brilliance unless they're, you know, they have the brilliance of knowing how to manipulate but it really is through manipulating someone's feelings which goes into the space of you not being who you are or saying you can't do that to me anymore and the first thing in using our superpower is to stop giving it to other people to use you know our feelings get jerked around and we get pulled into and what do you think what do you think it's like what do I think the superpower is there 
Mm-hmm. Feeling is the way that you access your superpower, like the energy behind it. I think, you know, Neville Goddard did it best in feeling as a secret. The secret part has been conditioned in everyone to be the power of attraction. Feeling is the secret. Neville Goddard really goes into what the aspect of the feeling is for and how it's utilized by the conscious and unconscious and how it is actually part of the birthing and creative process. If you look around what's going on today, there's a huge tap into the feelings. And, you know, feelings are kind of whatever kind of seeds you can germinate with. So you're trying to say the same thing I am. It's hard to find the words. It's like the drive behind things. And we just are, you know, just waiting for some kind of weather report to let us know what's going to happen. And we just completely don't trust ourselves and don't fall back into the present moment where there's a lot of answers. Right. And that's a huge point to make. There is also, you know, the, the aptitude for love. So it's not only the fear aspect, but it's also the love. It's like every single emotion has been tapped into the guilt. You know, are you, are you doing enough? Are you not doing enough? I mean, there's just so many elements of the emotions being tapped. Read Neville Goddard about what we can all do and how we can all utilize our own feelings for what we need. And it's almost like taking when the feeling just initially occurs and doing something else with it rather than what we all usually do is use it against ourselves. Neville Goddard talks about... It's almost like the gas Mm. for the car. You can have a race car, but it doesn't move until you give it the gas. And that's what makes it do amazing things. Otherwise, it just sits there. The emotion is the gas that's going in the car Mm. that makes it run. Who has control over your emotion? Because your emotion is what's going to rule. I can tell you, oh, don't worry. But if you're still emotionally attached to that metric, it won't matter. Whoever rules the emotion, you know, rules the pot of gold. And who rules the emotion? Whomever you're given that power to. Anger is really the most powerful emotion because it is the one that overrules everything else. And really, your ability to function is really having control over your emotions. It's about knowing they're there, feeling them, but it's almost keeping them a little at bay. And that as an individual is challenging, but when you got somebody poking you... The part that gets me the most is that you are the one. We are all the ones that make ourselves feel something. And so if you're really upset, you made yourself feel really upset. Why did you do that? When you take the responsibility of getting through some kind of process to mine the wisdom of where that took you and why, maybe it's something you needed to do. Maybe it's something you needed to have occur. I always say I'm allowed to have my reaction. After that, It's on me to pull myself out of it, to have the clarity, to say, like, okay, there's something in this, you know, action, reaction. You're going to have a reaction to something. Okay. Yet where you go with it, if you're using it to beat up on yourself, that doesn't do you any good at all. How do you let it go faster? How do you not take it into this cycle where you beat up on yourself? And so that's another thing going into emotions and utilizing your emotions in a different way and what they're really for. As a woman, we are more emotional than men. That's a given. We know emotion is very powerful. And we've explored it in our podcasts of, of utilizing the emotion in the, the raw element of creativity and, and birth. yet there is something in reading what I've been reading about creativity by Rollo May saying he went into the creative space with all these amazing artists 
And you have to put limitations. It mm. makes perfect sense. Mm. If you don't put a limitation, you never create. Right. You go in the kitchen, you got herbs, you got stuff in the fridge, you got stuff in the freezer, you have stuff in the pantry. Well, you could just stand there and look around. At some point, you have to decide what you're going to yes. make and yeah, what you're going to put together. Yeah, and what great, are the ingredients? Great analogy. And then Absolutely. you decide, am I going to bake something? Am I going to cook something? Yes. Am I going to open up a can? What am I yes. going to do? Am I going to use fresh ingredients? And then sometimes you're cooking and you say, oh, it's almost like, you know, you hear the words of your grandmother or something. Mm-hmm. And you need to add a little more oregano or you got to put yeah. some clove in there. And so you're open to that creative space. And yes, there's an emotion that goes in there too. I mean, when you're putting that all together, not just, you know, how great it tastes afterwards. And to take the analogy of the kitchen even stronger, if you look at what's happening today, I mean, if you go in your kitchen and you look around and you decide what you want to make, you know, if a stranger comes in and says, well, I'd rather have, you know, Mexican food. And you're like, well, I was making this. I mean, what are you letting into your Mm. kitchen? Doesn't mean that you don't like your neighbor. Right. It's really about you. Mm Mm-hmm. There is something very potent with emotion. Every time your focus is looking outside the window, I mean, at what point, who are you? Don't think about it, but people lead you and it's all through emotion. If you can overcome the whole emotional aspect of what is going on, really the sky's the limit. If you draw the two circles and there's that space in between, you're actually both walking side by side. What space in between do you form? Are you forming it with the person? Are you forming it with the horse? Are you forming it with the energy? What are you forming it with? I like to say, I mean, when we do these podcasts, I'm not leading and you're not leading. No. I mean, we're in the space at the same time sharing and we're sharing with each other and then we're sharing whatever occurs in that sharing with everyone who's listening. Because if someone is leading you into a space, well, that's kind of your first alert. Because if you're feeling a certain way, but if you can't get to that clarity that you're making yourself feel a certain way, why is that? And is that really the truth of what you feel? Then it's very introspective and can be analytical, or you just do something else and you find the answer sometimes. Once you have the space to get the truth of it, that is that moment of like, what am I going to do? I'm feeling angry. Am I going to go into what's the Mm. truth of this? Or am I going to go after them? That space, it can be a nanosecond, but it's our choice where we go with that. And we forget that. There have been moments where we've talked about where we've been angry about something and we've used that anger to actually propel ourselves to something for our self-care rather than propel ourselves more into analysis paralysis of who should have done what and when and who said what, how it changed and how they're always like that and you just fell in the hole of duality and instead if it was to create something okay I can feel really badly about this I can feel really angry about this or I can propel into something that's self-care for myself and that is a more not just healthy way it's such a much more satisfying way so the question becomes what are you going to create because there will be something created and I think that's what people don't recognize that as I thought about it, it gets created. Right. If you're saying that for anger, guess what? The same thing goes for fear. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about fear. The classic scene is in Poltergeist when the little woman screams to everybody, don't let them know what you're afraid of. They'll use it against you. And then she gets sucked into the vortex. 
because again, having that awareness of what you're fearful of, and you know, it can be manipulated, it can be utilized against you. Again, you're going into an emotion. And we were talking about anger and how you can propel from anger, you can also propel from fear. It's exactly real fear. Exactly. It's perceived fear, which is a huge difference. The two fears that are ingrained within us that are our only natural fears is number one, the fear of loud noises, and number two, the fear of falling. And so everything else is learned. It's just completely adopted by us. Why? Loud noises was because we're in survival. You know, we're human beings and we exist here physically. We're also energetic beings. Yet the loud noises part is so we can react or interpret. And the falling is so we know how we're moving. Those are our two ingrained, comes with our physical package. Then who paid for all these extra add-ons? The game changes when you recognize that... And whether you're aware of it or not, every emotion creates something. And it can create a thought, a movement, a response that's violent, a beautiful new song, thoughts or things. So where does a thought arrive from? It really arrives from emotion. And it's what you hold on to that moves forward. You know, fear is just as powerful an emotion that you can propel from. You're creating your thought. You're actually alchemizing the energy to actually create a physical element that you interact with. If you have a thought that becomes something, right, and you want to affect your thoughts, you have to affect your emotions because your emotions create thoughts. So I, you know, I go back to that quote by the woman, you know, not letting them know what you're afraid of, then, you know, your emotion can't be kind of jerked around in that sense. And it can't be used against you. And you can't be kind of manipulated into that environment of you yourself using it against you. So it all comes to awareness. Your emotion is going to create havoc. Right. Or it's going to create, I'm just quietly moving on. Right. That's and, huge. And the, the really poignant thing about that is if you go back to the two circles, you interject them and there's that space yeah. between of where you have the interaction. Was it really your choice to connect with this guy's circle and have an interaction? Mm. Or was it the choice to connect with the energy and take care of yourself right. and get the heck out of right. there? And so, you know, of that's course. a really good question to ask yourself. That's right. What circle are you connecting with? Whether it be mm. out there, whether it right. be, you know, the news, what stories you're hearing, right. what are you connecting with and what are you having a response to rather than what you're connecting with in the energy that takes care of yourself and is more healthy. We're talking about going into that space of presence. It behooves us to mention the things that would detract us from it. Once you start practicing being present, you are so much more than ever being alone. Well, there's two sides of it. Number one is that is overcoming that it's been a learned fear. It's not a real fear. That's the first thing. The second part is that people value who they are and judge who they are based on how they're perceived outside as well as what they believe people perceive them to be. And I thought, what if that goes away? How would you now perceive yourself? What are you gonna use as a metric to define if your reality 
is where you want to be. And if you are who you are, you can let that go once you address the fear of being alone. And then to address the fear of being alone, it's not a real fear. The only real fear are the two that you mentioned. And so if we are able to clear that, then you can go into presence. Thanks for taking the time to listen to some excerpts from our shows. Remember, we are always working in the energy and sharing our insights and conversations so we can all move beyond. So, what do you say? Will we see you there too? Join us and subscribe if you dare. Thank you for subscribing and listening to this production from EI Alliance. Check out our Amazon Authors pages and Google Play Books for our books and ebooks in our fan link for podcasts available everywhere. Find music from the Free Rock Trio and New Threads everywhere too.